Hello FCBC Walnut family and friends. We are continuing our series of short devotionals from the book of Malachi. And today I want to talk about restoring broken relationships, restoring broken relationships. And this is going to be drawn mainly from Malachi chapter 2 verses 11 to 16. And what we see is that God uses Malachi, his prophet, to rebuke God's people, Israel, of two sins. The first sin is that they were marrying foreign wives. The men were taking foreign wives. And the second sin is that they were divorcing their Jewish wives. So let's get into it. In Malachi chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, the word of God says, Judah has been faithless. An abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, any descendants of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. So a couple things here. The Old Testament context is very different from the New Testament. The New Testament makes no regulation or prohibition of believers from marrying other people from another race, uh, culture, or ethnicity. But in the Old Testament, the reason, the main reason God prohibits marrying foreigners in the Old Testament is in this key word, They have married the daughter of a foreign god. What happened with Israel is that more often than not, the men who married foreign wives would end up worshiping the foreign gods and the foreign idols of these foreign wives. Case in point is King Solomon. We know from scripture that King Solomon had many wives, many foreign wives. King Solomon fell into idolatry and polytheism because he took foreign wives. And that is the main reason the Old Testament prohibits the marrying of foreign wives. You and I, we have the gospel. And the gospel writes the law within our hearts. The gospel changes us. It's very different for us as New Testament Christians. So that's the first sin is that they were marrying foreign wives. Now the second sin is that the men were divorcing their wives. And so let me read you verses 13 to 16 and then provide some explanation. Malachi chapter 2, verse 13, it says, And this second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping, groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? In other words, why, why doesn't he receive our worship? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit. Let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. So once again, God is rejecting their worship. They're wondering why. God is saying, not only have you taken foreign wives, but in order to take foreign wives, you're divorcing the wife of your youth, who God, when it says God was their witness, God is saying he was there at the wedding ceremony. They were standing before God, making covenant to one another, and he brought them together. The spirit in their union, verse 15 says, and the one flesh union is symbolized in a real way, by godly offspring. So when husband and wife marry and become one flesh, and when they produce children, the children represent that one flesh union, taking on traits and genes from both parents. And God's purpose was to generate more people who would worship Him. So parents were to generate more children that would also worship Yahweh. 
But, but one commentator explains to us why God is so upset. They were divorcing their elderly Jewish wives in order to marry younger and more attractive women from the surrounding nations. And so you can see that these men were driven by their lust and by their, their desire for something that's ungodly and unbiblical. No wonder, as they're coming to bring animal sacrifice, God is saying, no thank you. You come to worship me, but I need you to go and deal with the broken relationships in your life before you come to the altar. Now, we know as New Testament Christians, this applies to us too. Before we take the Lord's Supper or before we come to worship God, God wants us to try our best in all of our power, depending on His Spirit, to reconcile all of our broken relationships. God cares that our vertical relationship with Him needs to play out in our horizontal relationships with others especially if they are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, the application for us also is that we, I've said this in earlier videos, is that COVID-19, uh, when we were in the quarantine stage, it really caused a lot of us to have to deal with relational issues. So if you're married, you're spending more time at home with your wife and, and, uh, or your husband, and you're getting more annoyed at each other, sins come out more, and conversations have to be had, and relationships need to be built and reconciled. Some of you, if you're not married, or if you're not uh, or, or if you're single, maybe in the workplace, you're working now remotely online, there's more communication breakdown and communication that's required. And so maybe you get frustrated with people. Maybe for some of you, uh, there are relationships that you took for granted, but, but during the time where you weren't able to see people physically, you began to appreciate more some of the, your closer friendships. And so COVID-19 caused you to say, okay, let's invest heavily now in building and going deeper in these relationships. So I think COVID-19 has caused us to really consider our relationships, the importance of relationships. And if relationships are broken, then the gospel calls us to reconcile with, with others as God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. But also how the church supports, I think, the context of marriages. Marriage is hard. And, and where marriage is hard, the church is built as a supportive community to spur one another on. I want to share something with you that may be a little humorous for some of you who have been Christians for some time. One pastor named Rob, Robbie Gallaty, who wrote a, a commentary, a small commentary on Malachi, he, he lists in one of his, one of his uh, sections on Malachi, uh, he refers to this 2003 study published by the University of Chicago magazine and keep in mind that this is a secular study. And the study simply showed what you and I as believers already know. This study showed that couples who struggled with marriage had a better chance of saving their marriage when they surrounded themselves with other married couples who encouraged them to stay together. In other words, when you have other married couples spurring you on when you're thinking and being tempted to talk about divorce, you had a better chance of saving your marriage. In converse, this study showed on the flip side that couples in conflict had a higher chance of divorce when their divorced friends expressed bitterness and anger toward their ex-spouse. All this goes to show that even in the secular realm, in a secular university study, when you have accountability and support for people who spur you on towards your marriage, you're more likely to stay married. In converse, when you surround yourself with ideas that are contra to God's 
prescription for marriage. You tend to go the world's way. And so the church must be this covenant community where we're spurring each other on to keep our marriage covenants and to reconcile our, our other relationships. Ultimately, the reason why God hates divorce, beloved, the reason why God hates divorce is because He would never divorce us. Whenever we sin against God, whenever we are spiritually unfaithful to Him, symbolically, we are committing spiritual adultery. Jesus uses the illustration of marriage to illustrate the, the gospel of His relationship to us, His bride, His church. And whenever we are unfaithful to Christ, what does Christ do? He pursues us. He restores us, He redeems us, He reconciles us to Himself, and He builds us up, and He never forsakes us. He does not send us away with a certificate of divorce, even though we deserve it. And that is why He is our Savior and our Sustainer, and we, in our marriages and our relationships, must emulate, to the best of our ability, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's a lot more we can say about divorce and the gospel, for more on this topic of divorce and the gospel, you can access a sermon that I preached earlier this year, January in January of 2020. I've linked the YouTube link to that sermon uh, below in the comments to this video, so you can take a look at that. Love you more than you know. We hope to see you next time.